Yo, yo, yo. What's up, GC? Glad to be back with you again. It's our second podcast of the Gentleman's Club Fantasy Podcast, where we talk about the best in the world, the only that we know of Dynasty IDP Football League that's been going on for seven years now that Jay-Z and JT would both wish they could be a part of. They'd be incredibly um, proud of it. They would be incredibly proud of it. They probably are. They probably know all about it at this point. <laughs> um, but anyways, we what we wanted to do to start the show this week is, one, tell you what we're going to do. We're going to talk a little bit about the history of the Gentleman's Club because there's some really fascinating things that uh, we discovered in researching the roots and where we've come from. We're going to have the 2019 champ on, uh, get to know him a little bit more, and it's a doozy, let me tell you. Uh, and then we are going to do some power rankings, some top five players for the week, uh, or for the first two weeks, and then we will close with a pick em for uh, this episode. So Clark, Kamish, the man, the myth behind all of it, mm -hmm. let's talk about the history of the GC. And so I'm going to hand it over to you. You kind of guide us through this discussion. We're going to go all the way back to 2014, yeah, yeah. the inception of the GC and just talk everything uh, history, just some fun nuggets and stuff. So yeah, take away, cool. it was really fun to do this. Like I, I like found myself, like, like I said, totally nerding out. It was kind of, we had a couple of points and it was like, well, I can't just stop there. <laughs> I got to, I should bring this up. Yeah. Uh, we should talk about this. And so, Basically, we went to 2014. We started with the original draft was 35 rounds, and it was done. It was almost done as if you were picking a year to like a, a yearly draft, right? It was like you were you were picking for that. You're no rookies. You could pick rookies, but it was it really felt like just a normal fantasy football draft, except you were picking defensive players, which at the time it was just a total crapshoot of what that even meant. Yeah, like I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure, like you know, we were picking the best named cornerbacks and the best named defensive ends thinking, well, they, they're really good in real life. So they will be really good in fantasy. Yeah. That that's, what, that's what I think we said when we were researching this, just through text, it was like, man, looking back at our first drafts, knowing what we know now, like yeah. would have done things totally differently. Totally would have. I mean, yeah. So even just, so let's start here. So there's eight teams when we started the original eight teams, there was Jeremy white, uh, Pablo Siscomani, who's in the league now, Joe Williams, who's still in the league, Zach Boudry, who's no longer in the league, yourself and me, Jordan Hall, who's no longer in the lead, league, and then Bradley Van Camp, who's still in the league. So eight. So I went back. We looked at the top, the first round. So these are the first eight players. These are their first. These are our foundational pieces to these original <laughs> yeah. teams. Now, granted, even if like Jordan Hall's not in the league anymore, his team is now owned by like Joe Pedersen. So right. this is the guy who started this team. Same thing with like Chris or Zach Boudry. His team was handed over to Mark Molinex, who then handed over to Jake Fife. That's a whole story of that. We Pablo actually left, had a person take over his league, and Pablo came back into league and took over for Jeremy. It was the it wasn't the same team he took over again though. No, right? it was because Tyler Broad oh, yeah, expanded yeah, yeah. and then took over Pablo's, and Casey Thompson came in and took over the team that Tyler Broad drafted. That's right. So we'll talk a little bit more expansion later, but original eight, the number one pick in the GC was at the time Buffalo running back LaShawn McCoy by uh, Hugh Jass Construction or Jeremy White. Uh -huh. Again, one of the things we talked about is drafting differently. The yes. dude was 28, I think, when he was yes. drafted Yes. as a running back. You know Exactly. <laughs> so we started with LaShawn. 
So pick two was Pablo. Pablo took Jamal Charles. So that was the second. That worked out. And I don't, yeah, I don't think he lasted much longer. I think he did two years and then his knee got wrecked. And then Spencer Ware took over. Yep. And that was a whole mess. Yep. And then Damian Williams came in for him afterwards. Yep. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. And then, uh, then you went down to Joe Williams with the third pick, took Matt Forte, Chicago Bears. Also like 27 or 28 at the time. Yep. I think I know what he was trying to do with this pick, but pick four was Zach Boudry, the cornerstone. And this just kind of sets the tone for knowing that Boudry's team went to Boudry, to Molinex, to Fife. Mm. Their cornerstone piece was none other than Green Bay running back Eddie Lacy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who ate more Big Macs than he who ran for guards. <laughs> well, I think, I think Eddie Lacy, if I remember right, had a really big year the year before, though. Like, had finally yeah. seemed to get his stuff together and what looked fairly promising until he came into training camp that year. And that's, like, that is just this team. Yeah. Right? That is, like, especially when you look at, like, Boudry, year one had the best record in our league. He was 10-3. and three. Yeah. And then it just slowly, like, eroded from there. <laughs> yep. Uh, you were pick five, Chris, and you took Adrian Peterson. Yep. Suspension which, year. <laughs> get your switch. And when it comes to the top five, your pick makes the most sense when it comes to like win now and like probably some years, like solid years left. That's what you would assume, right? Peterson, mm-hmm. I think he was, he had not had his 2000 yard season yet, but was like, no, that was the year after he came back from the suspension. Yeah. So you still had a monster year from him. You still had like, it was like the reality was that just made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I must have blacked out because I was pick six <laughs> and I took yeah. Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Who at the yeah, time was I the tight end that. for, I think, Seattle. Yeah, he was. All his years from New Orleans. So it made sense he was the best tight end, but I'm trying to figure out why you I drafted the tight end. I drafted a tight end to start. I, my- if I remember right, I still, I think we were all in that room because I think we did it at the church you were at in Jenison at the time. We had like six of us in that room. And I think we all just were like, what I What's it makes no right sense, now? especially when like I realized pick seven was like Kelvin Johnson by Jordan. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, why not? He was the time Megatron was the Didn't man, realized that he was going to retire early either, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, full of Barry. And then, it, yeah, and then Bradley with pick eight took Marshawn Lynch, mm-hmm. who was at you know, probably hitting the pinnacle of his career. Yeah, all of the players I think that we drafted, I think the biggest mindset that we didn't understand yet was longevity. I think we were all like, we've never done a dynasty league before and we're drafting to win now because normally everything resets, right? Like that was, but now like we don't do that anymore because we draft rookies and you're always thinking long-term with rookies at that point, you know? Well, it plays into what we talked about in the first episode with like, this draft almost set the tone which I, for what I think a lot of guys drafted for. Like Matt Forte with Joe Williams was a really good fantasy running back. Yeah. He was also really old. Yep. Which just fits Joe's style. Joe, Joe, like we've talked about currently, just kind of plays in spite of the draft. Like there's not like a lot of thought that goes into it beforehand. Where like I see with like the Adrian Peterson pick on your end or what I assume was Zach Boudry's decision. Cause Eddie Lacy was the youngest running back chosen in that group. Yeah. 
the draft can help you move forward. And so it's like, I think it has changed, especially if we've added more teams. Mm-hmm. It, you know, 12 teams is a fairly like sturdy league when it comes to the amount of teams. And so that a has allowed, I think for a lot more like parity in the league. Like, even if we laugh of like, Oh, I'm supposed to score 300 points this week. Like, but if you look at our records and our history, a lot of teams fall somewhere between eight and five and six and seven. Yep. Like there that were was a very majority few... of our last year. Like I think the entire, was it Timberlake? I think yeah. was within the playoff race. Six until, and seven. Yeah. They were, everyone was in the playoff race up until like the last week. And I think the one that won that division was eight and five. And I came in second, I think in the Carter and I was yeah. eight and five. Yep. Or Maybe we had, I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but you were like 11 and two or something. Yeah. And I was eight and five, like everything's yeah. super close. Yeah. So it's like the, the league itself is a fairly competitive league because it's not like we have like six teams that always get in and then six teams that always suck. Like it's, it really is, it fluctuates. Like I'm working on playoff wins. I like, I want to, that's something I want to bring to the table eventually just see like, yes, there's teams that hasn't made it, but most teams have made the, the playoffs at some level or been right there Yeah, that it's like, um, I mean, even we, we joke, but even, you know, Fife's team at some level at one point was team Boudry who didn't ever win a championship, but was right there for two or three years. And then honestly, 2016, the year of Molinex kind of imploded that roster. Yeah. But you know, yeah. Timberlake last year was team overhaul eight and five. Yep. Then there was check my balls, rise from the ashes, team Van Camp, Bubba's Arn City Yinzers were all six and seven. Mm-hmm. And then team team was five and eight. So they were within yeah. three games of the top from the last place. And I think um, Carter was all... a little bit different. You were 11 and two. I was eight and five. Akerhoff was eight and five. Broad was five and eight. Mile High Club was seven and six. So yep. even those like those next positions for playoffs outside of your team were all really competitive towards yeah. the end of the season, like super close. Yeah. And I think even starting off, we're only two weeks in, but I think same thing, the Timberlake again, I think three teams or four teams are one and one already. Yeah. Yep. You are, you are right. And so, so there's a lot of parody. And I think that we saw that as it grow. I, I looking at the records from 2014, you had like Boudry at 10 and three, you were four and nine with the worst record, but it was like, it wasn't like, again, out of eight teams, seven were super good and you were at four and nine. It's like, it was, again, it was very spread. Yeah. Well, like we said, it was, we said this kind of off air, like Adrian Peterson was suspended that year, which who knows what that season would have looked like if AP wasn't suspended. Yeah. Like, yeah, you throw them in your roster. It's it's a different game. It's like, um, and I think Joe won that year and he was like seven and six. Yeah. So it's like, again, you have a lot of balance in it. And so even with these being kind of the cornerstone players, um, I think there was, you know, they'll define Jimmy Graham was on both my championship rosters, my starting tight end. It wasn't like I, I didn't drop him up until this year. Yeah. I finally let him go. But it's like, I think most guys, if they didn't basically have to retire or just burn out, mm-hmm. were on those rosters for a handful of years in a competitive yeah. way. Joe was six and seven that first season, actually. Yeah. 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 So, and, 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 and this past year, Pablo was six and seven. I think most champions have actually had. I should, I need to look at it, but I'm pretty sure 
the team with the best record normally doesn't win the championship. I think I've won it 11-2 with the best record one year. Yep. Besides that, normally, like Tyler Broad was 12-1 and one, one year, didn't win. Joe you won it 7-6 the second year, and yep, Joe seven, had the best six. record with 10-3. and three. Yeah. So it's not a guarantee just to be super competitive because, again, the league itself is so competitive that you can get in at 7-6 and six in your roster even with your – lineup in a normal fantasy league would be a pretty darn good fantasy football roster. Yeah. Uh, 2016, Joe was not the best, was not the best record. Uh, 2017 team van camp was not the best record. Yeah. Um, 2018, you, I believe had the best record with 11 and two. Yep. Yep. You did. You had the best record with 11 and two. And then last year. Yeah. So we, we've only had one year so far where the best record has won the GC going into the final. Yep. And I think the best record team has been in the championship a handful of times. Yep. Like I was in it in 2016, but lost. Yep. Joe was in it in 2015, but lost. Mm-hmm. And I was in it in 2019 and lost. Yep. So it's, it's not like it's like a bad thing. It just doesn't no. guarantee a championship. Again, right. team brought at 12 and one of the best record the league's ever seen wins loss wise. I don't even think he made it past the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I think he made it to the first round and then got and then lost, if I yeah. remember. Yeah. So when it comes to best record, worst record, you know, in 2014, you were four and nine. Team Boudreau was 10 and three. So you go to 2015. Uh, team Siskamani, so Pablo's team was three and 10. Mm-hmm. And Yak Machine at the time was Joe Williams. He was 10 and three. So your worst and best. And then 2016, Team Clark, I was 11 and two. For the best record, Molinex with West Team West Coast Love was three and ten worst record. Tyler Broad was 2017, 12 and one best record. Team Fife and then Jeremy White, Huge Ass Construction were three and ten with the worst record. Only time we've had the two a tie for the worst record. And then 18 and 19, I was 11 and two both years with the best record. 18 and 19, Fife was 0 and 13 and 2 and 11 were the worst record. That's the first time it's been back to back worse than best like that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so um so yeah so i mean i go back to it started out i don't i don't all those players make sense especially probably in 2014 as being one or two or three round choices right so quarterback wise first quarterback drafted in the gc was aaron Rodgers. Jordan Hall took him at 10. Which I makes sense because I think at that time he had Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, like uh, Jordy Nelson, like all of them in their primes. Yep. Like just balls out all the time. Yep. So Rodgers was 10. I took Andrew Luck at 11, who was the youngest quarterback at the time drafted. And had no way of seeing that he was going to retire early. <sighs> Dude. <laughs> Anyways, Drew Brees. I, I literally – Dude, I was hanging out with some buddies up here. They're playing video games. Could care less about fantasy football. When I got the new, like the little ding on my phone that Andrew Luck retired, I'm like, I literally stopped. I was like, guys, I know none of you care right now, but I need a moment because Andrew Luck just retired. They're all like, bro, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, I know, I know you guys don't understand what I'm talking about, but I'm going to walk out of the room because I just need a moment. Yeah. So Luck was 11. Drew Brees by Jeremy was taken at 16. Pablo took Peyton Manning at 18. And then Bradley took Cam Newton at pick 25. So those are your first five quarterbacks. All fantasy-wise, all make sense, especially in 2014. 
Um, yeah, the only all, one that's arguable was like one person I'm surprised wasn't taken was Tom Brady that high. Kind of surprised yeah. that he wasn't in the top five. Also kind of surprised that Peyton Manning uh, got drafted that high because there was a lot of comparisons. Because I think that was the first year he was with the Broncos, if I remember right. I think so. So it's like there was a lot of like, is he going to turn out to be Brett Favre again with being on yeah. the Broncos or not? And then we all know how that worked out. He ended up winning yeah. the Super Bowl there. But Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I think those quarterbacks make the most sense. You know, I, yeah, I, I agree with the paint. I think he was the oldest one. I think Joe took Brady. Like, he was like number six or seven when it came to quarterbacks drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, and still, obviously, he's playing Brady. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you're going to build around a quarterback, like, again, those were all not only the top five quarters, so there was, oh, those were all taken in the top five or top 25 picks, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we did go quarterback early on. I swear I took luck in the first round and not – not Graham, but but because that year was a snake. Oh yeah. So I picked sixth and then picked again eleventh, like you know, back almost back to back. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So then when I look back at records, like we talked about, like which team has improved the most? And honestly, when push comes to shove, of that grouping, I would say your team technically has improved the most. Sure. Just because, I mean, yeah, we talked about Peterson wasn't there, but you were four and nine, so talk worst record. But when we add up all wins and losses in the history of the GC, you have the second best record all time at 45 and 33. Yeah. So it's like, again, if we're talking worst to first, and you've been fairly competitive, I mean, you you were four and nine, but then you went eight and five because Peterson came back, had his monster year. Six and seven, but then you've been nine and four, ten and three, eight and five. So I mean, a genuine turnaround, or at least it's just a genuine like thrust forward. Where like yeah. Boudry, ten and three, now his team's the only team that's been zero and thirteen. You know, sad. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, with that, I mean, if you want, I can share just kind of all time records real quick. Yeah, I think that'd be great. So there's. There's 12 teams total, but there's been a, I think there's been like a total of 14 or 13 guys who've actually participated mm-hmm. in the GC. So I have the best all time record at 54 and 24. You'd be next at 45 and 33. Uh, the loathsome, loathsome offensive brute, which is Jordan Hall, managed from 14 to 16, and then now run by Joe Pedersen from 17 till now was 42 and 36 team van camp 41 and 37 all time team Siskamani from 14 to 16 now owned by team broad is 41 and 37 all time you then have joe williams is 40 and 38 all time um and then um jeremy white from 14 to 17 now owned by Siskamani with pablo is 36 and 42 all time. And then of the original eight that I've listed off, you have Boudry from 14 to 15, Molinix in 16, and I'll fight from 17 on. They are 25 and 53. So the all time of the original eight, that would be the worst record. And that's not including playoffs, right? That's just regular. None of that season, includes right? playoffs. That's just yeah. regular season wins. Which, which I think again, like, I mean, the second through, I mean, sixth at least, you could argue the seventh there too. Like I had 45 wins at the most. And then yeah. it was like, I mean, obviously 45, argue, 42, 41, 41, 40. 
Yeah. I mean, that, that in and of itself just says like, this is anybody's league literally any, yeah. any year, you know? Well, and, and if I'm not mistaken, like, you know, uh, Jeremy White in Pablo's team. So huge ass then into um, Raj and the Ashes team, you know, and now casual champ. That team has technically been to one championship game in 2014 and lost, and then they won it in 2019. Yeah. And their all time record is 36 and 42. Right. And they're one and one in the championship. So it's like not terrible. Yeah. So then we expanded to 10 teams in 2015. We added Bubba's Arn City Yenzers and Team Actorhoff, uh, Bubba and Taylor Actorhoff, respectively. Bubba all time as an expansion team is 33 and 32. Wow. So he's the, he technically is, I think, the best all time expansion team currently. So he has not only the Dallas Cowboys of our league, but he also is <laughs> the. Uh-huh. <laughs> Best Literally, the 33 and 32 <laughs> yes. just again solidifies it for it, me that he's the Dallas Cowboys it so much. And I think he was seven and six year one, yeah. which is tied with Taylor Kovleski, the Mile High Club, for the best original record, like a uh, year expansion one expansion year. Record, expansion yeah. year. Um, so Akterhoff all time is 27 and 38. And then when 16 came, we expanded to 12 teams finally with Team Broad, now owned by Casey Thompson and Team Team. And like I said, Taylor Kovleski and Mile High Club. So Broad, or now known as Team Team, is 20 and 32 all time. And the Mile High Club, Taylor Kovleski, is 24 and 28 all time. Wins, losses. Yeah. Crazy. So. So, I mean, it's pretty cool just when you look back six years worth of history and you see like there's some genuine like growth that's happened and, you know, um, just real quickly, final thing, history wise, like you have MVP, kind of like the best player that year, 14, we had Le'Veon Bell with when he was at Pittsburgh for casual champs was the MVP, Antonio Brown won it in 15 team band camp that was like his crazy yeah it's like 15 touchdowns like yeah um david johnson won it in 16 Gurley won it back to back 17 and 18 when he was on band camps team and then cmc christian mccaffrey won it uh last year yeah and by the way we'll send prayers up for cmc dude seriously like i (laughs) joked about it at the beginning of the season i think i might have even said it in, in episode one i was like Dude, if, if CMC gets hurt, nobody is ever going to trade running backs with me ever again. Oh. <laughs> because AP tore his knee up the year. I think he got like 75 yards that one mm-hmm. year that I, the year after I traded him to you. Oh, yeah. And I'll see him out four to six weeks. And I'm like, son of a gun, man. Like, yeah. Forget it that. Happens. <laughs> it happens. Um, so, one thing I want to say, though, yeah. just in hearing, just in talking about this, I think what's, what's amazing to me that I didn't honestly think would happen is I thought for sure there would be a couple of teams that would take it really seriously and would start to pull away. And like, Mm -hmm. it would basically just be the same teams every single year in the playoffs Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. And what I think, especially the record showed me and the fact that champs are sometimes six and seven, like nobody's ever out of it. And, and even the people that we have now, for the most part, like 
every week are working the wire, thinking about draft picks, are, are trying to make it as competitive as possible. Nobody's really given up because I think what the statistics have shown is it's literally anybody's league all the way to the end. It is. And it, like they always say like any, you know, any given week, something could happen. But I think the addition of defense, like it's a totally different animal. Like it, it's, it adds so much entry because you can have a safety go out there and get you 16 points. Yeah. It was like, you might have, um, dude, I won a game because I had, um, Kwan Alexander got me 20 points. Yeah, I was losing you beat me that week. I was playing yeah. you and I, and I joked with you. I was like, Hey, good game. And then I woke up and the Monday next morning football. and it was like, are you kidding me? You beat me by like six points. What the frick? You had a linebacker playing, man. Yep. And so it's, it's just the craziness. Like, and, and I, I love it because we're at 12 teams now in the history of the championship game. Six teams have been represented. Mm-hmm. Um, myself and Joe have made the most championship games. We were, we faced each other back to back years in 15 and 16. Um, but overall it's like there, there's been at least half the league has technically made the championship in six years. Yeah. So again, we talk about pulling away. It's not, yeah, Joe and I, Joe's been in the championship respectively three times. And I've been there, I think four times he's in, but it's like, it's not like just this, any, it's not just truly given like, right. Again, well, and I think that's the I, one thing I wanted to say too is like, in some ways, the more players you have, the more things you can have go wrong from week oh, to yeah. week. Like, the, you're always playing the guessing game. Yeah, you're playing a guessing game. You're also playing like the more individual teams that you have or players that you have play, the more you have for crazy stat lines. Like, there are some weeks where, like, I think last season, team team, which usually averages about 230 coming into yep. a respective week, scored over 300 points because his team went, absolutely went off. You know, yeah. but there's also like, I mean, last week you were projected to have 295 and I think you ended up with 260 something like you ended 30 points, nearly 30 points under where yeah. you're projected. And essentially, if, if Saquon didn't hurt himself, I would have lost. Totally. Yeah. And so it's, it's that sort of thing where it's like the more players you have, the more chance there is for your team to boom or bust every yeah. single week, which I think when you have that many, you, you tend to find a middle ground somewhere in the middle because not every single week. Are you yeah. guaranteed? Because if, I mean, uh, who was it last week? Like Lamar Jackson, like the first week that I played him, mm-hmm. they, they freaking went off, man. And he got sat for like part of the fourth quarter. So it's like, he could have gotten me another <laughs> seven or eight points, yeah. and, but he didn't, you know, yeah. because they, they sat him. So like, it, it, there's so many layers to why this league continues to work itself out where it's literally anybody's league. Yeah. For every, every Lamar Jackson, game. there's a Blake Bortles. Right. Totally. Or Lamar Jackson, who's going to get sat in the fourth. There's Blake Bortles, who's going to score you 30 points in the fourth mm-hmm. on top of the 25, 30 he already had. Right. It's like that's, and you just don't know that because yep. then there's weeks when you play Nathan Peterman thinking, what the heck? Oh. He throws five interceptions <laughs> in the first half. It's like, so it is. It's just no spite coming in from you at all. No, nah, dude, I'm over it. Like, it's just, I mean, there's very few givens maybe at this point besides for like a, a Mahomes. Like, I mean, even, I don't even Nath, know though, I like his first the, week was like a comeback at, in the fourth quarter. Like it was, it was our second, maybe it was last week. It was super sketch. Yeah. Like, was he going to score a bunch of points or not? Yeah, that's true. And so it's like, I, I kind of like that. It's like, you can feel good, but you should never feel like, Oh, I'm going to win this week. Well, and I'll, and I'll just speak for last week. Like I was up on, um, 
on Taylor Koleski's team by, I think it was like 260 to, or it was like two, I think it was like 240 to 200 or something. I was like, okay, I'm projected to get 270. He's projected to get 230, you know, and it ends up being within 10 points, you know, going into the last two games and Monday night. Like it's just, it's crazy how much can change. And it's so much fun. It's wild. Save time as well so yeah i mean the last i mean the last thing i was looking at is the rosters haven't changed crazy in terms of how they've laid like broken down but year one 2014 we started a quarterback a running back two wide receivers a wide receiver slash tight end spot a tight end and a flex and only three linebackers mm-hmm. 2015 we dropped the wide receiver tight end and just made it a third wide receiver added a fourth linebacker 16 was the same and 17 is where we got our current roster breakdown of quarterback running back running back wide receiver three wide receivers tight end flex and so i like our current roster breakdown you can go anywhere from starting four wide receivers to three running backs to you could even technically start five wide receivers like it kind of gives you enough flexibility to where even if you're a team that only has like two stud running backs, like you can, you can load up on wide receivers or you can play the two tight end system. Like it, it kind of I think allows for enough balance overall. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think if, if you don't have, yeah, I, I think, I think that's very true. And it, you know, in some ways we talked about spot management and like, it, it can be that sort of like patch to a game in the future mm-hmm. if we ever need it to be right. Like if, yeah. if things get to be really imbalanced or whatever it is, like changing yeah. up roster spots is kind of like either buffing or nerfing something in the yeah, league exactly. right? to use some, some game terminology there, terminology there. And um, well, I think we realized year one, you can only start two running backs and we're like fantasy football is a, very running back heavy league like heavy well, we team. had yeah we had eight teams and there were 32 starting running backs yeah you know and it's like well we don't with two we're only covering 16 starting yeah. running backs you know yeah and so i think as the league grew it's like okay like how do you again with 12 teams the roster setup currently i think allows for a lot of creativity mm-hmm. and how you build out your roster again we go back to like you know uh, the My High Club, Taylor Kolveski at CMC and Gurley. And then I, I, I forget off the top of my head who is third. It might be Fournette. Is his uh, third he has Leonard back. Fournette now. Yeah. So he's got three stud running backs. But again, it's been his wide receivers that have killed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like, do you sell out in one area, which includes sending like Kelvin Ridley, who's become crazy for two weeks? Do you send him to get a running back and then you, you risk? the unbalancing of your team. Yeah. Building, building a glass cannon in one area to try and do a whole bunch of stuff and gather a whole bunch of points while sacrificing in a different area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think in the end, you know, the last thing I want, I personally want to touch on real quick was just like, there's been the, I don't think there's any confusion on the rookie rights, but I've seen Joshua Kelly get picked up and dropped by like everyone at this point. Um, Except for the team, oh, you haven't. Um, I've wanted to, but oh, uh, I feel he's been on my watch list, just waiting for the actual owner to pick him up and drop him. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. Van Camp, so it's not gonna happen. Yeah, let's make it very clear. Van Camp owns Joshua Kelly. (laughs) Joshua Kelly. (laughs) Um, 
that rookie rights, I that was something you and I had discussed. Honestly, I think in fourteen or fifteen, like mm-hmm. I said, hey man, we draft all these rookies. You really can't roster them all. What if we kind of owned or practice squatted them on the free agent wire? I think the only confusion with that was just currently what's happening. It's like unless everyone's really up to date with what's going on, yeah, you just hop on. You say, "Well, that guy's killing it," and you sign him. And it's like, you know, I think there there's something too. If we play dynasty, that's what we're actually doing. Like, a guy might not hit until two or three years mm-hmm. in the league. And how many times have we signed a guy, dude? I had George Kittle on my roster dropped him because he was a rookie and I needed a starter and I needed a spot and he wasn't doing anything. And I think five games later and now two years later, he's the best, you know, Vernon, Vernon Davis might've still been there or something like that at that time with San Francisco, you know, but it's like, if I could have kept him free agent, I didn't think I drafted him. I'm just saying like, but if he was a guy I had drafted, it's like, well, I was letting him sit. It's like Van Camp letting Joshua Kelly just sit there. He didn't really need Kelly right now. Right. His roster's fine. But instead of that guy just kind of being this pointless two weeks in the league and now you lose your rights and that guy just gets taken, it's like, well, why did we even do the draft mm-hmm. beyond one or two rounds? And yep. so um, that's what that rule is. I, and I, I think it plays into the fact. And then there's the keeper aspect with, you know, if you have seven, anywhere from seven to ten draft picks, you're probably sitting five to six of those guys all year. Mm-hmm. You know – there's usually the one or two guys that you drafted because you didn't know anything. You just chose him who's not even in the league anymore. It's like, yeah, I don't need him. So you can right. renounce the rights at the end of the year, but still being able to say, no, I still want to keep that guy on my list heading into the next year, I think allows for you to wait just a little bit longer, which I yeah. think is going to be beneficial. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a fun thing. I think it'll take a little bit of time just to get used to because it's something completely new, but like anything, I think it'll become, like putting on your favorite shirt after a while. Yeah. I, I, I think it's just, it's, it's fun to know that they're there that I can check up on them every once in yeah, a while. You know? For sure. Yeah. For sure. So yeah. cool. Yeah. It's just fun. It's fun to see where the leads come from. And great thing about the ESPN app is, or even the website itself, like you can go back and go to league, find history and you can really go look at a majority of things um, all the way back, which is just a really fun yeah. piece, I think. It's, no. it's super fun. Yeah. All right. Well, we have Pablo Siscomani joining us. He's known as currently as the casual champ, formerly known as Rise from the Ashes, and before that, known as simply Team Siscomani. Pobs, you are also one of the original eight of the GC. Um, and so, and currently, um, the former or reigning champ of the GC. So I want to say welcome and honor you with being the first guest on the Gentlemen Clubs podcast. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, honestly, doing well, doing well, despite the 0-2 start, which I'm sure you guys are going to want to talk about uh, later on in this podcast. <laughs> I forgot uh, I write that down. <laughs> I have uh, high hopes for my team. Uh, honestly, it's the rocky start has been mostly due to management and um, un, unreturned loyalty uh, <laughs> to Drew Brees and just believing the hype of Naeem Hines and I missed that I missed his best game so I'm never going to start him again 
So if you take a close look at my lineup, uh, Russ Wilson is there, and Niam Hines is nowhere near my nowhere nowhere near my roster. You Dude, dropped your him. team is totally like, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it took me to the ship last year, so I trusted it to you know do do some good things this year. Uh, but so far, you know, it hasn't performed well. I've had to make some some tough cuts with my team, had some tough conversations, and um, it was honestly an awkward locker room after this this second loss because some players were like celebrating and just like, oh man, I did this, I did that, but they just need to, you know, learn how to play together, you know. Yeah, you're like, boys, this is not an individual sport. Mm-hmm. This is a team sport, regardless of it being fantasy or not. Exactly. Uh, so despite the 0-2 loss, Pobs, what does it feel like to be the reigning champ at the very least? I saw we, we probably all saw that you got your trophy, finally. Well, it's, a, it's actually an awkward topic because I was actually over at Clark's house and I planned on taking the trophy home with me. And he seemed emotionally and like sexually attached to it for some reason. <laughs> so I, so I, couldn't take, I couldn't take it from him. And he used it as a bookend. So, I mean, what's going to wow. hold his books up if it wasn't the trophy? And I honestly forgot. So, <laughs> It is right out in the open for everyone to see, though. Yeah, well, I'm sure of. it is. I, that I makes asked all too you where the sense. trophy. I, so I asked Clark, hey, Clark, where's the trophy? He's like, oh, right there. I was like, where? He's like, right there. And I was expecting this, like, 10 by 10, like, trophy that was, like, uh just huge and like anyone that walked in would see it it's just this like two by two little piece of glass that (laughs) says like faintly champion at the bottom it's seven Uh, years old man it's been through a lot (laughs) (laughs) uh but honestly when i when i touched it for the first time it it felt right it felt good Uh, my original team name of uh well not team siskamani but the rise from the ashes i feel like is very accurate because uh, I inherited a pretty pretty bad team, I would say, and turned it around in uh, less than a year, and here I am, asterisk 2019 champ. <laughs> what are you, uh, for you as the former champ or reigning champ, was there something coming into the season that you were most excited about? Um, I was excited to destroy uh, Joe Williams. Okay. Uh, up and up until the point where I saw his team and I'm like, what's there left to destroy? He already did. <laughs> he did this to himself. Uh, not really intimidated. It, it used to be a rivalry, but now it's more like a, it's just a one way rivalry really. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that is he still your biggest rivalry or is there a different team that you would now say is, is your rival for the year? Um, well, I think emotionally, uh, and spiritually, we're always going to be rivals. Uh, but my physical rival is the one and only Clark Gizzle, our commissioner. Um, I, I'm astounded at the trades that he's been able to pull off this offseason and uh, last season and pretty much any trade that he's able to pull off just because I think that he just he's won every single trade he's made. Uh, shout out to Fife. But, but yeah, I'd say he's my biggest rival, especially because he's always predicted or projected to score 300 points. So, but I'm not really intimidated because last year he was projected to beat me and Kenny and Drake happened all over his face. <laughs> yeah, six and seven getting into the playoffs and then trouncing on him. There you go. 
Yeah, and what a miracle it was that you made the playoffs in the first place. That was that was also pretty incredible. So, Jason, are you tooting, are you tooting your own horn or? No, I, I I don't know what you're talking about. But um, for all you for all the millions of listeners, um, there. So during the regular season, I told Clark, "Hey, I need to step away. Um, I need to be able to like you know just take care just take care of life and stuff, and uh, I can't be in this league." And he's like, "Oh well, let me just take care of it." Uh, for you and then let me know when you want to come back and then so he did uh I, I feel did you make any key pickups uh throughout the season or did you just make sure that like I had like a, a, I don't a know. startable lineup I I didn't make any like over the top but I always like made sure you had linebackers like I don't and I'm not sure if you had Kenyon Drake or if I signed Kenyon Drake but I think you signed him I think I did pick season. up yeah. Kenyon Drake for you. But at the time when I signed him, he like, I think was on the Dolphins still and not playing, but it was like, Oh, he might play a little bit. So you needed someone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then, and you then came back super and hot. Hand him over to you in the playoffs. And yeah, yeah. And then I took over in the playoffs and I was like, all right, let me take it from here. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. What's your favorite aspect of the GC? Like what, when it comes to fantasy leagues, like what, what stands out about this league for you? Because I know you are you are an avid fantasy football player, and what? But like, what about the GC specifically? Do you like? I think you meant to say degenerate gambler, but yeah, I I do love fantasy football. <laughs> uh, I think that the thing that makes the GC unique is how long it's it's existed, uh, and it's the only IDP league that I know of. Um, and all my buddies, whenever I tell them about it, they're like, oh my gosh, let me know if there's an opening because I want in. Um, just because they, like, it's, it's such a unique aspect of not just choosing a, like a set it and forget it defense like this year, like the Steelers or mm-hmm. uh, the Pats last year, but you have to actually be strategic as to who you start against like which matchup um, because, you know, there's so many different positions like defensive tackle, um, and just because they're something that I, that I had to quickly learn in, in this league is just because like pa- Patrick Peterson, just because he was the best cornerback in the league, mm-hmm. didn't mean that he was the best uh, like fantasy cornerback in the league yeah. because he deflected a lot of passes and people just didn't throw to him. Yeah. So you have to, you, you have to not let yourself be like enamored by the name Patrick Peterson or like Sherman or uh, Jamal Adams, Stephon Gilmore, because no, they don't throw their way mm. because they're so good. So you have to like pick like middle of the line guys that won't be taken advantage of completely, but like they get tackles, get some picks. Um, so, so it's a very unique part of uh, this league, the IDP side of it. Yeah. Mm. Having players on bad defenses, or yeah. bad offense, like just on bad teams is almost better because they're mm-hmm. just going to get more playing time, which is super contrary to what you would think you would want to happen because it doesn't it's not how most no fantasy leagues are played yeah mm. you want really good overall defenses in- i mean obviously with uh with like linebackers and stuff you want to go for the big names because they do make the most plays sure. uh, like the most tackles for fumbles sacks and all that but when it comes to like picks and like force fumbles and uh tackles for cornerbacks and safeties you have to be a little um i don't know a little smarter in picking those i feel like Mm-hmm. Yeah. So last question, Pobs. <clears throat> How did it feel to lose week one? You know, as I said, I, I came in with my head held high and I was like, all right, I, 
I'm going to trust the guys that, that brought me to the dance last year to, you know, at least get me one or two wins. Uh, they let me down and uh, I don't know what happened, but Hopkins mysteriously was on my bench. And I think Hunter Renfro was in my starting lineup. So I don't know, Chris, you're welcome for a free win, I guess. <laughs> if I remember right, I think I beat you by quite a few points. Yeah. More than what started Breeze. You. I started Breeze over uh, Russ. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't count that, though, man. Those are both two talented quarterbacks. Well, I just, that just happens to be, uh, that just happens to be a, a difference in your game management at that point. You had two really good well, players. You decided to start the one that didn't get you the most points. Twice. 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 <laughs> yeah, Russell, I looked at it beforehand. Russell is now averaging 75.5 points per game, which is insane. Yep. So, yeah. I will but I will say is still not number one in the league overall for that quarterback position, which is nuts, but we'll get to that later. Josh Allen. We'll, we'll get to it later, Pablo. Don't oh. ruin things. Don't <laughs> ruin things. All right, dude. So we want to do some word association with you. So we're going to say a word and you have to say the first thing that pops to mind. All right. All right. You good with that? It's a little bit of a little bit of a hot seat. So champ. Me. <laughs> Hopkins. Me. <laughs> Breeze. Dead. <laughs> uh Wilson. Starter. Asterisk. Questionable. <laughs> Last one. <laughs> Joe Williams. Worst fantasy manager in the world. <laughs> well hopefully that renews his sense of uh fantasy spirit to kick your booty now awesome yeah it's uh we're, we're happy to have you on we're we're glad that you're the champ uh as short-lived as it might be mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know about short-lived oh and two is gonna be hard to come back from man well rise from the ashes baby this might be the, I mean, seriously, what happens if Wilson just starts doing terrible now and Breeze shoots up? Like, that's just setting the course for your entire season. So, if, if uh, Breeze outscores Russell Wilson this year or this week, I will drop Drew Breeze and wow. just start Russell Wilson. Yo, I need a quarterback. <laughs> oh, my God. You have Deshaun Watson. Yeah, everyone else got Oh, wait, though. he doesn't. He doesn't have Hopkins. Weird. Yeah, he's got. Oh my gosh, he's got DeAndre. Or he's got what's his name, Randall Cobb. So I'm not worried. All right, let's make a trade right now. <laughs> what do you What do you give me for Drew Brees? Uh, let me get five second round pick, and I'll send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're laughing. Doable. We'll see it across it. the waiver wire soon. <laughs> he's like, hey, bro, Devontae Freeman's playing again. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Bob. Or so trade, him, trade him Wayne Gallman. Say, hey, Barkley's done for the year. Here's here's Wayne Gallman. Give me your next five years first round picks. <laughs> I'll try it out. <laughs> it goes. All right, Clark. Uh, let's talk power rankings. We we did a, a preseason one uh, yes. based on the rookie draft and where teams currently were sitting. Yep. And now we're two weeks in. Some people have moved and shook their way up. Some people have fallen and slid down a little bit. So uh, let, let's start at number 12. Who do you have for number 12 this year or this week? 
Cool. Um, yeah. So basically, I based this off that preseason top twelve. Yep. So one through twelve. Remember, was Champ, My High Club, Team Clark, Team Ektorov, Team Holly, Griffin. Check my balls. Van Camp, Team Broad, or Team Team, Team Broad, Basie, which is Bubba's Arn City Yinzer. <laughs> team Overhaul and twelve was Deck Attack. So that's where we started. Week one. I'm not going to get into it too much. There's a little bit of shifting, which then helped kind of set for week two. So week two at number 12 at 0-2 currently, I still have Dak Attack. Um, his team is better. I, I 100% believe Dak Attack is better this year. Dak Prescott has been incredible. Um, I, I'm. It's not like – I still believe he's going to get some wins. I think Smith Schuster, if Sutton, you know, sadly blew the ACL, but got Allen Robinson, like there's still a lot of potential here. And it's one of those rosters where like part of me is like, I think he still owns his first round pick. He should just wow. hold on to that thing <laughs> because there, there's some foundational pieces there. But he's number 12 at 0 2. Shock, no shock. Nah, no shock. Yeah. No shock. But I, I do think he has the potential to move up with the team that he has. Unfortunately, yeah. Cortland Sutton is out on IR, but yeah. he, he's still got some pieces he can play with. Absolutely. So biggest faller at this point, because at number 11, I actually have the Mile High Club currently. Um, week one, after his loss, I moved him down to number five. Um, so he dropped three spots from the original and then – after his second loss, when I kind of looked at scores and just overall team balance again, which I keep bringing up, like, do I think he's the 11th? No, but for how things currently lie, I have him at 11 at 0-2 as well. Yeah, I put him a little bit higher than that. I had him at seven, actually, yeah. because I think the addition of Leonard Fournette, which I didn't realize was on his yeah. team coming in and going off, I think could really help spark him if that keeps going. Yeah, um, but if he has the time big, with Ronald Jones, which it seems like Tampa Bay's hot on, so yeah, he, he could move down. Uh, the the move CMC up. injury being probably four to six weeks, like yeah. four to six weeks in fantasy football is, is detrimental to a team, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially that's when you're over half. Somebody scoring twenty nine to thirty points every week, yeah, and that's that's over half the season if he yep. sits six games. So yep. yeah, so he's eleven. Great. He'll, he'll move up. Uh, number 10, I have team overhaul who stayed pat week one in my rankings and in week two, um, after week two, I now have him at 10 moving up. It's there. Rogers, like, again, I think we're going to see him keep climbing, but mm-hmm. he's at 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had him, I had him at number 11. So yep. didn't, didn't move. I don't think from week to week, but I think, yeah, if Rogers can keep staying hot, like, man, he's going to go places. Yep. Number nine, I currently have check my balls with Joe Williams. I had him drop to uh, down to 10 week one after week one. So it was about four spots from the original. And now I have him moving back up. Um, he, he had a pretty convincing win this week. Um, yeah, there's some balance there. So, yeah. uh, so Joe at number nine, um, Number eight, I actually have the 2019 champ. Um, That's I had I have him drop. Well. Only dropped him two spots after week one. 
And then after another loss, I dropped him another handful of spots. It's just game management, like we kind of we've probably said before. But I mean, you're picking between Breeze and Wilson. Like, you're not going to go wrong with either. Yeah, can you go wrong? But Wilson's playing at MVP level. He sat Hopkins week one. It's just like the weird, like, yeah, currently I have him at eight. Yep. Uh, seven is Team Actorhoff, who uh, dropped a couple spots after week one, and then in week two, I came back. He had a nice win. Um, I still really like his team. And so as his running backs kind of figure themselves out between Mixon and Eckler, um, which are super solid, yeah, I have him at seven. Uh, at six, I have Team Team. It's Casey Thompson. Um, I think he just lost in week two, but um, overall, or he's got a win. Um, but overall, like he's, again, like it's not like his team is off. And I think his team is overall playing a little better than like Champ or even my high club. I basically had him and actor off almost equal, like almost tied. So, yeah, I think he's got, I mean, I did not realize he had Darren Waller because I was looking up in the league yesterday yeah. when I was watching the Vegas game who had Darren Waller. He has Darren Waller. I think his wide receivers are also starting to come together. I think the out of Kenny Galladay has helped Marvin Jones in some way or will continue to help him. Yeah. Um, uh, and then he's got Jonathan Taylor and Dalvin Cook yeah. as his running backs. Like if – if he could get one more solid running backs, I know carry on Johnson isn't going to be there forever. If he can pull off a trade in some way yep. um, for a running back, I think he could really be going places this season. Oh, absolutely. So um, number six or number f- uh, yeah. Number five. Now I currently have Bubba's Arn city Yinzers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, a, literally could, one point away from being two and oh yeah exactly and in the long run like he has Bubba just again we get we make the Dallas Cowboy joke but he's got a good team dude his like, team hasn't scored under 250 points yet this season yeah, yeah. Roethlisberger yeah I just I I keep looking at it and I keep thinking to myself like why is this team good and then you step back from me like, no, it, it's actually just a really solid team. Like we forget like Blake Martinez and Benardic McKinney, his linebackers mm-hmm. are two incredibly high scoring linebackers. Blake Martinez has been the number one linebacker or in the top three, like, like twice already in his career. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's one of those, like he's a sneaky good team has not done anything. I would say is aggressively flashy in building his squad. No. We joke about him drafting defense in the first round with the second overall pick, stuff like that. But it's like, it's really hard to argue when the formula is leading to winning. Well, so, and so I, you know, one of the things I wrote down too was he lost is it Monster or Monstar? I don't know how to pronounce his name from the 49ers, but he yeah. got hurt at running back. And then he goes yeah. and picks up Frank Gore, who's like friggin' father time himself, <laughs> and just goes off that week, right? So he's got that yep. waiver wire pickup. Um Honestly, the biggest thing that worries me about his team is his wide receivers. Sure. Um, if I if I'm being being honest, because Larry yeah. Fitzgerald getting a little bit older. Um, yeah. Tyler Boyd, who knows what Cincinnati is going to do this year? Tyreek Hill is pretty consistent all the way through. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's got consistent wide receivers right now, but they're also not household names. And some of those teams have had fairly easy schedules to begin the season and they're getting sure. some good points for him, but sure. rightfully deserves being in that spot. Absolutely. Uh, number four, I have team broad. Um, a, he just won, he won week one and I barely beat him in week two. And granted it was cause Saquon got hurt yep. in my opinion. Um, he's got Josh Allen. He's got El- Elvin Kamara, like Terry McLaurin, Adam Thielen. Like it's, it's a scary offense, especially with how good Allen's become fantasy wise. Yeah. And McLaurin, DJ Moore and Adam Thielen are three actually really solid receivers. Like, mm-hmm. I would not be mad about any of them on my roster. Antonio Gibson's playing semi-decent for a rookie. Yeah, so it's it's one of those like his his team's just playing really really well. Um, yeah, his team is in so far the most consistent. He, he scored both of his games. I think it was like two sixty and two sixty six or something like that. Like two sixty is going to beat a lot of teams every week. Yes, like that's scary if he can keep that up every single week. Yes. And again, that was minus Saquon technically. So it's like, yeah, right. It's not like he was reliant. You know, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's a lot of damage there to be done. Number three, I have team Van Camp, uh, who's currently two and oh, he beat uh, Bubba by one point so far. Um, It's actually technically, I think, no, it is one point. Um, But uh, I like Van Camp's team. I mean, Newton is playing great fantasy football, which is just good for football in general. Yep. Uh, Aaron Jones has been incredible again. So glad the Packers. Well, they played the Lions last week. So. Yeah, okay. I'm just glad the Packers decided to like pick a running back and play him. Yeah. And he's been incredible last year. He's been super solid so far this year. I have him yeah. in other fantasy leagues. And I love it. Because well, they had like uh, Ty Montgomery at one point, who was like a wide receiver running back or something like that. William. They, they were using everyone. Oh, who knew what they were going to do from week to week for a while? Yeah. Yeah. There's some injuries. Looks like Parker, Brown, and Adams are all questionable. Uh, that's currently. why I said all of his wide receivers are questionable going into this week. But there's um, a lot of people that are always questionable, and then they end up putting up big numbers. So, yeah. Him getting Kirksey and Bush in the offseason, you know, solid linebackers. He's really solidified that core. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's just a good team. Like, mm-hmm his bench has a player here or there that can be really valuable. Like it's just, he's still got Antonio Brown sticking around. If he ever gets his head on straight, like, yeah. Who knows, man? Yeah. Probably trying to go back to school at central Michigan still or something. Who knows? My gosh. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I'm a fan of band camp. Uh, Number two, I actually have myself. Um, Get out of here. You're just being (laughs) humble. (laughs) I've, I've actually really, straight up enjoyed how my team has played. Um, I really didn't know what to expect. I'm being serious when I say this with Elliot and Henry and Jacobs in the sense that it would make sense. Like we've been saying that they would just be studs, Mm -hmm. but the way fantasy football plays, like I just wait for the one to just be like, you know what? I'm going to rush it for only 50 yards this week because we're killing it or that's just what the team game plan was. And yeah. so far they've all three been workhorses, which has been awesome. 
But who knows so, if Ryan Fitzpatrick starts amping up and if Corey Davis keeps do it, still doing the same stuff he is in Tennessee, will Derrick yeah. Henry's workload go down? You know, yeah. who knows? Yeah. I mean, um, I will say the, one, the thing that you said the first week was kind of you could very easily be a flash in the pan team. Mm-hmm. And like, so both weeks you were projected around 290 the first week, 30 yep. points over. Yep. Second week, 20 points under, you yeah. know? So it's like y- you do have that little bit of a pendulum swing that you were talking about. Yeah, which is just heart-wrenching every single Sunday for me <laughs> because it's like Julian Edelman has actually like his career day in real life um, but none of his stats came until the second half mm-hmm. like I'm watching the game being like why is he throwing it to Rex Burkhead 40 times already and not Julian Edelman oh and that was that was kind of the first week with Deshaun Watson too like not gaining yeah. any of his points till the fourth quarter like I think yeah. he ended up with 47 points for you that week but it was like I think it was when we were talking, it was yep. like he had like 15 going into halftime or something. I mean, it yeah. was just, it was nuts. Mark Andrews, unbelievable first week, three points this week. So it's just like, it, it, it is, it's very much like, again, my, the inconsistency of my team is technically why I have myself at two. And then I have team Holly Griffin at one as things stand. Um, a, you're two and O oh, and B, you have Lamar Jackson. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been legit. Nick Chubb has been fending off for what Kareem it's worth. Kareem Hunt. <laughs> Hunt, even though Hunt has been legit. Um, Ridley, I mean, she, that was so far looks like a steal of a trade. Um, yeah, for now. We'll, we'll see if he can keep putting up. Like When we get to the top fives in a minute, it's, yeah. it's really interesting, the discrepancy between wide receivers. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to that. And then I like your linebackers. I mean, Kenneth Murray, as a rookie, has been legit. Zach Cunningham just tackles everybody. Same with Fred Warner. Like, it's – yeah, you just – you have you have a good team. Like, it's it's one of those – yeah, you can start Lamar Jackson. But, honestly, starting Daniel Jones isn't terrible. You kept Matt Ryan, who's been legit fantasy-wise. Like, yeah. So, um in my opinion, you've just been a little more consistent, even if your games have been a little closer. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I have you currently as the best team in the league. Well, thanks. I had myself ranked as three, not as number one. Who'd you have as two? Uh, I had Van Camp as number two. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. But I had that just because he has scored more points than me. He's got a little bit – I mean, in top fives, you'll see this. He's got his, – his top players are a little bit better than mine. Um mm-hmm. And his wide receivers have averaged a little bit more than my players have. My defense has really helped me yeah. um, in some weeks in ways that I don't know if defense is as reliable in yeah. some ways. But anyway, cool. that's that's splitting hairs at this point. Uh, <laughs> up there. So, so um, yeah, not not nothing crazy overall. A um, couple guys dropped pretty aggressively from when I had week one, but through and through, I think yeah, two weeks is kind of hard to really see crazy differences but yeah that's where it's at yeah so here it is uh we're gonna move into our top fives uh clark what i want you to do so here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna give the top five but i want you to guess who you think the top one is in each category as we go through and then i did something fun i went through and figured out how many teams have the most top players out of this list at the end that i'll that i'll give that to us um so who do you think was the top quarterback so far through two weeks 
genuinely I think it's been Josh Allen. It has been Josh Allen. He has scored 159.7 points. Uh, Next was Russell Wilson with 151, Matt Ryan with 142, Dak Prescott with 139, and Cam Newton with 127. Okay. Those are the top five. That's incredible. Um, So those owned, respectively, Josh Allen, Team Broad. Well, I I won't give those out. I'll just say who has the most at the end. Um, Running backs, who do you think was number one so far through two weeks? Camara? No, it was Aaron Jones with 83.5 points. That makes sense. Alvin Camara was second with 72.5. Josh Jacobs is in third with 72. Uh, CMC won't be in this spot next week, but he has 71.7. And then Zeke is in fifth with 69.5. Cool. Uh, Wide receivers, who do you think was number one? I wanted to say originally Devontae Adams, but I don't think he played very well last week. I don't think Julio played well either. Ridley has scored two touchdowns in both games. I'm going to say Devontae Adams. No, so Devontae Adams is fourth. Okay. Calvin Ridley is first with 67. DeAndre Hopkins is second with 50.5. 17 points difference between wide receivers. That's a full league. week's worth of a full fantasy. week's worth, a week plus for some players. Yeah. Or after two weeks. So when you said it was a steal of a, of a, so this is why I think it was a steal of a, of a, of a pick or a steal of a, a trade that yeah. I didn't see coming. CMC is 71.7 and Calvin Ridley was a part of that draft or a part of that trade. And he has 67 as a wide receiver. Yeah. Which That's is incredible. crazy won't keep it up like there's no way somebody can score two touchdowns and almost 100 point 100 yards every single game but yeah. anyways calvin redley 67 deandre hopkins 50.5 stefan diggs 48.5 okay. Devonte adams 47.5 and robbie anderson robbie stinking anderson with 44.2 he's done exactly what you said though he had like that exactly. random 75 yard touchdown yep, and, yeah, yep. that's why i picked him up and i dropped him one year because i was like he is so inconsistent but the first two weeks he's been 22 point average crazy uh tight ends who do you think was number one uh is it kelsey it's travis kelsey yeah with 40.5 points then uh some of these names are are hard janu smith with 38.5 noah font with 36.2 darren waller with 36 and tyler higby with 35.5 okay uh linebacker who do you think was number one these are a little bit less known players wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if you didn't know who they were but i don't think i know uh i didn't see it looking through so my guess would be is like a it's not kirksey nope yeah it's Devin white uh with 28.4 my guy yeah you got it uh jerome (laughs) butler with 28.3 Micah Kaiser with 27.1, Zach Cunningham with 26.9, and Miles Jack with 26.4. Who's Jerome Butler? No idea. (laughs) No idea who Jerome Butler is, dude. I I thought about that. He's owned by Check My Balls, though. Of course he is. Okay. (laughs) Uh, All right. And then kickers. Any idea who the top kicker is? You probably won't get it. Is it McManus? It is not McManus. It is Young Ho Koo. 
I think he's for Vegas, if I remember. No, Daniel Carson is with Vegas. I don't remember. Probably who. the Falcons. Yeah, so 26 points. Justin Tucker, 25. Daniel Carlson, the guy that got dropped for missing four field goals that I drafted last year yep. uh, for Minnesota. Only kicker uh, when drafted. Yep. yep, ended up with 24 points. He has not missed a field goal yet this season. Uh, Harrison Butker with 23 and Mason Crosby with 23. Okay. So here's, here's the, 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 the most that a team has in the top five is four players. All right. Every team has at least one player in the top five somewhere. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Yep. That's pretty cool. Which is, which is pretty cool. Uh, so the teams that have, there's four teams that have four top players. Team Akterhoff has four. Team Clark has four. Team Holly Griffin has four. And Team Van Camp has four. Okay. With three players, there's only one team, and it's Mile High Club. Um, with two players is Dak Attack, Check My Balls, Team Broad, and 2019 Champ. Wow. Um, and with one player is Bubba's Arn City Yinzers, Team Team, and Team Overhaul. And also, the Waivers has one team, or one player in the top five right now, <laughs> currently, uh, which is Daniel Carlson, the kicker. The kicker. <laughs> so, which is super funny. <laughs> The race to get Carlson. I got it. It is. It is. I mean, he's the third, the third top one. And you know, Bubba, you got beat by one point. There's one waiver wire pickup that could be Carlson. You could instantly move yourself up to two players. Do it, Bubba. Do it, Bubba. I feel it coming for you. So that's the top five. I thought that was super interesting that every single team has at least one player in the top five, which is kind of cool, which is just kind of the theme for the season that like yeah. Everybody's in it. Everybody's got good players. Like it's it's just it's fun to be a part of. So Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um great. Let's do let's do some pick 'em quick. Okay. So, let's go through this week's schedule for us and while we're going through this, we'll kind of name out our uh game of the week. So, Team Van Camp versus Team Overhaul. Both are projected one Team Van Camp 236, Team Overhaul 237. Uh I'm going to go Team Van Camp. Uh, I'm actually going to go team overhaul. I think team overhaul is going to pull out his second win of the season. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, check my balls and Bubba's Arn city city Yinzers. Uh, Bubba's team is projected 243, and check my balls is 227. I'm going to take the projection with, with Basie. Yep. I am as well. He's, he's proved that he scored over 250 points with starting under a projected total. I think he's going to continue that. Yep. Uh, team team versus Dak attack team team is 245 and Dak attack is 189. Yeah. I think Dak attack needs to mess with his roster a little bit, but yep. uh, currently it's man, I'm on the team team bandwagon. So I'm, I'm going to go there. I don't, <laughs> I, think am, I am as well. Yep. Uh, team broad or team broad and 2019 champ currently team Ch- or champ is 260 broad broad is 230. I think Champ takes one more L before he, he gets on the winning side. I'm going to go Team Broad. I think Champ is going to win. I think his adjustments to his roster uh, are going to pay off for him uh, this week. Okay. Uh, next is Team Clark versus Mile High Club. Clark is 292. Mile High Club is 236. As long as people say healthy, I'll take myself. Yeah, I'm going to take you as well because CMC is hurt. I don't know if his team is going to recover for that for a few weeks, but um, I think he'll still do, still score a healthy amount of points. Even with CMC out, he's still 236. So yeah. uh, then the next one is, is my game of the week. This week is team Holly Griffin versus team Akerhoff. Yep. Um, 
258 for Akterhoff, 252 for Holly Griffin. This would actually fall probably into the category of game of the week for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be actually closer than the Van Camp and Overhaul one. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you got? Lamar, he's got Stafford. Who are you picking? I am actually picking um, – oh, dude, I, I'm looking at his team again. I, I think I'm going to pick myself. Okay, I'll take Acker off then, just to uh, <laughs> just to split the difference. Like I think his I think his teams are great. Um, I think his I think his teams are playing really weak teams this week, which I yeah. think will provide that some of them might not play the entire game. Sure. Um, like none of his only one of his offensive players is uh, playing a team that's under thirteenth in an opponent ranked position. Yeah. So that doesn't, doesn't bode well unless somehow those teams pull it out. Um, but that, that's kind of why I'm taking myself this week because I could see a couple of them getting sat at the end of the game or one or two maybe. So yeah. Sweet. Clark, episode two, done. It, mm-hmm. It's been really enlightening and it's been so much fun. And it just reminds me again that this is the best dynasty keeper IDP league that has ever existed, that Justin Timberlake and Jay-Z wish they could be a part of. I think they would, I just think they'd be honored. I'm running out of pictures of them together, <laughs> but I think they would be honored. Yeah, so I know I love, those. I love this episode. And I, again, it's just fun to jump back and, and like I said, really look at where this league has come and, and hopefully there's a slight glimpse into where it could go. And yeah. so, yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, well, good luck everyone. Good luck. Week three coming at you. <laughs> Sweet. Later.